Hello, friends of the show. If you want to skip straight to Buck's Corner and you want to skip over, I don't know why you would want to do that, but if you want to skip over Alabama Draft Corner with Mikey and LB, it's a one hour and five minutes into the show is Buck's Corner, so enjoy the show. Don't skip over or you're a coward, but you can if you want. to a new episode of Title Talk. I am here with two of my very good friends after the Alabama Patriots victory last night. How are you today, LB? How are you doing? And uh, how are you celebrating our Alabama Patriots winning last night? Well, it's funny. Ever since I met Mikey, I've become more of like an Alabama fan. Maybe not even like not even really on purpose, but he works the um High school games down there, which, of course, interested me a little bit. So we'd talk about high school football. Then um, he's this huge Alabama fan. And he and I are both weirdos where I I swear to you, I used to be called by people that know me. And I'm not making this up. I I used to be called the rain man of football because I would know these random bizarre things. And then I started talking to Mikey and I realized I have to pass along the honor of rain man of football because I am not. He he knows he knows more than me. And I get a kick out of it because. I've always had fun. I, I used to do weird. Things. I just love the whole idea of college football, you know, the NFL. I don't watch as much college football as I used to. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. But um, we'll send pictures to each other and just try to guess which player it was from like 2003 on Baylor. Of course, he sends me ones from like 1946 where it's like, oh, LB, I know you know this guy. And I like, like what? He played for the Providence Steamroller, buddy. What makes you think I know this guy? And and I swear, I swear he's trying to insult me, but he says he's serious. He says he's serious. I, I don't know. You tell me. But Mikey's a great kid. Um, he's doing great things down in Alabama. He's going to be covering some uh, spring ball this, this spring. I'm sure he'll let you guys know about that a little bit. He's really a great kid, great football fan. He really knows his stuff. And uh, I'm proud to have him on. Honestly, I am. You just, and, lied, um, you just lied so much about <laughs> everything about Mikey. First of all, he, first things first. He's the number one Mac Jones stand, which is why we got him on the podcast right now. Yep. Mikey, you're mm. the biggest Mac Jones stand, and you are you still are the two of stand, but you're you're right now in the present moments, it's Mac because it's, the Patriots have a top fifteen yeah. pick. Mikey, how are you today, sir? How are you celebrating? I am are good. You out, are you I, riding in the streets of Tuscaloosa right now? I, I, I was not I was not riding last night. I did go down to the strip. Uh I, I ended up leaving before uh before all stuff got serious, I mean, y'all, y'all saw the pictures on Twitter of people like uh, you know, all those people in the street and stuff. Well, I was there for like the the start of that. Eventually, I just, I, I left uh, not not because of, not because of COVID, mostly just because I was tired. I'd been driving down here all day. I just wanted to go to bed after the game, so I I I stayed out there for a little bit, celebrated, you know. Made some friends with people I'm never going to see again. Just celebrating football on the street the way America was always meant to be. Um, no, it was awesome. You know, um, I bought it's, the shirt, accidentally mailed it back to my parents' house, and I have to wait for them to send it down to me. 
So it's funny you say that because there's actually pictures pictures circulating around the Twitter sphere. Um, it's it's a lot like what we saw at the Capitol building last week, where like the FBI is like zooming in on faces. We actually found a picture of Mikey riding a horse naked oh my. through the center <laughs> of Tuscaloosa. Look, I would make that up. If, if y'all can find if y'all can find a horse in Tuscaloosa, then let me know because I'm about to win the Kentucky Derby because I. But no, for real, it is a great experience. This was the first national championship, obviously, that I've been on campus for. Um, obviously, the first five. I did. It was actually a goat. It was Mac Jones. Oh yeah, yeah. He he's a goat. He's um. I, I'm still not sure if he's better. Just talking about college, right here. Talking about what they did at Alabama. I'm. St- Still not sure he's better than Tua because Tua was Stop. the guy that changed everything. You know, it's kind of, kind of like all those old timers who are still like, oh, Joe Montana is better than Tom Brady because Joe Montana is, is – there wouldn't be a Tom Brady without Joe Montana. Oh, there wouldn't be – Mac wouldn't have had this kind of season if Tua didn't really open up Alabama's offense. But then again, you can go back You're and right. say – you can go back and say, well, Jalen Hurts, uh, if he never got benched, we would have never gotten Tua. But – no, nah, this is just this is truly an Alabama golden age right now, and uh, especially at the quarterback position. The position uh, we weren't good at since like the '60s, and we had Namath and Stabler. Maybe the '70s was Richard Todd. I know Jeff Rutledge got some playing time uh, in the '80s. Um, Former New York Jet Richard Todd, if I'm not mistaken. Richard Todd, yeah. They drafted him. It was the first time. Uh, and I believe I could be wrong. I believe that was the first time in NFL history two Alabama quarterbacks were teammates. Then Namath went to the Rams, so that that didn't um, that didn't last long. But it was great while it did. Yeah, truly exactly a golden hilarious. age of uh, New York Jets football. Yeah, it's hilarious. Ob, he's just like the almanac. I think we just got to call him the <laughs> almanac of every. He's like, yeah, that, this was this, and so and so is best friends with this player who got drafted by this team, and then his cousin did. <laughs> no, this. no, no, that was me. I knew he went to the Jets. I knew it. So I, I, I have to save some face here. I, I did give him the honor of being, you know, the rain man, but I got to save some face. That was all me, baby. Richard Todd, New York Jets. Yeah, that was that was that was a little bit. Before, I think Todd was drafted in 76. So that was a little bit before my time. You're going to send me a picture of his teammates later. I'll be like, hey, I'll I'm be. Send, yeah, I'm going to send you a, just like, oh, actually, you just gave me an idea for a guy who was an Alabama and Jets teammate, Richard Todd. Well, see, listen to this. Everyone's at home's like, who are these people? This is what I'm doing <laughs> right now. I'm the biggest Alabama fan there is. I have no idea who these people are. Yeah. LB. LB. This is a thing that we just talked about a little bit, and Mikey's talking about Alabama. We are serious. We claim these Alabama championships, and we actually count them. And I, I celebrate when it, when Alabama wins the same way that I do with the Patriots. I know OB does the same. Are we wrong? No, we are not wrong. Listen, Nick Saban was on the coaching staff with Bill in the uh, mid-'90s there with Cleveland. So, yeah, they all count. They all count. We've been saying they count for a while now. How many is that now, Mikey, for Saban at Alabama? For Saban, that is his sixth. 2009, 2011, 2012, 2015, 2017, and 2020. So the Patriots actually tanked this year so that Alabama could win the championship. Because as we all know, Alabama and the Patriots have never won a championship in the same year. Yeah. 
Because, like, way, well, way back in the day, like in the Bears days, uh, obviously in Alabama was really good in the 60s and 70s. The Patriots weren't that good. Then uh, when the Patriots started to get good, even before Tom Brady, even like the 80s. You're correct. Uh, with, with Tony Eason. Alabama wasn't that good. That was the first couple years without uh, – Without the Bear, and speaking of the Bears, his last team in Alabama, 1983, featured Tom Brady's current head coach, Bruce Arians, as the running backs coach. So he's technically part of the Bear Bryant coaching tree. Um, Does he have any Super Bowl wins that we can tack on here? And then, and then obviously, when the Patriots got Tom Brady in 2000, 2001, Alabama wasn't good because people don't really remember this. Alabama was. Weren't the worst team in the world before Nick Saban, but they weren't a juggernaut like this. Like Mike Shula was the head coach. It's obviously Don Shula's son. His son's not as good of a coach as his dad is, but he was solid enough. But he just was not not as good as Saban, especially when they had to forfeit wins due to um, someone bought textbooks for the players. Yeah, the NCAA is weird like that. Well, you stop right there because there's one thing that we do not condone on Title Talk. It's cheating. Um, we're totally against cheating. And we would never uh, root for anybody that has ever cheated. Yeah, fortunately, my, yeah, the, the good news is that Mike Shula is obviously no longer with the program. Uh, obviously, put quarterback here and coached here. But thank, he's no longer with the program. He's now in Denver as the quarterback's coach for the Broncos. Sounds fitting. Yeah. I've got a few questions for Mikey here. All right. All right, Mikey. This is why you're on the podcast. This is why we're all listening right now. It's because of one man, one man that I believe passed for over 400 yards last night. Am I right? Oh, yes, he, he broke Joe Burrow's record, who went to 463. By one yard, LB's right, yeah. Oh, he broke. He broke Burrow's record. We hate LSU. I got that from Mikey. That because we are, we are Alabama stands here. Mac Jones, Mikey. There's a lot to talk about because the Patriots need a quarterback. They currently have a, they currently have a few quarterbacks on the roster. Uh, I'm not sure any of them really qualify anymore. I think one's considered a fullback slash tight end. And so, Mac Jones, my first question is, there's photos circulating. And I think LB took this photo. Of Mac Jones being, dare I say, out of shape, and as a Tom Brady stand, and I know the thing. The thing that I think not a lot of people know, and I think LB probably knows this, is that Tom Brady was actually very muscly before that combine picture, and he was instructed to lose a lot of weight, and he did, and he kind of looked like crap. But Mac <laughs> is he looks like crap, but in a different kind of way. Mikey, my brain leads to: Does this man work hard? He's um, not in shape in the wrong areas. What do you think, Mike? Is there some sort of story? Can you tell me about Mac having this calculus class at Alabama and just working so hard at like 10 p.m.? Well, like, like, I need to know that he's going to get on the treadmill soon. Well, I, I understand because, you know, looking at uh, Mac Jones, obviously compared himself to the infamous combine picture of Tom Brady. And another picture of, uh, of Mac Jones in the locker room. A picture of Mac Jones' locker room after we beat Tennessee. Uh, he looks like your cousin at the pool party when you were a kid. You know, like the unathletic one, like you're playing, you know, touch football <laughs> in the backyard. He's always the last one that's picked. Um, but he, the kid's a hard worker. Um, uh, he came to Alabama in 2017. Um, they already had a future NFL starter on roster. 
a guy named Jalen Hurts, and they signed another future NFL starter um, in that same recruiting class, a uh, guy named Tua Tagovailoa. And so Mac Jones, he, he just put in the work, you know, taking his his reps, making the most of his of his opportunities. He redshirted his his freshman year. Mikey Tua is what worries me because he also is a little bit pudgy, dare I say. Mm. What's mm. up with these quarterbacks, Mikey? Someone May I say something? Yes. Let me say something, okay? Have you ever guys ever seen that picture of Eli Manning shirtless on the beach? Yeah. I have. We have. So that means Mac is going to win the Patriots at least two Super Bowls. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, That's true. He's not wrong. What I, like what I was saying about uh about about Mac Jones, like he, he he was just there, he was putting in the work and biding his time, waiting for him to get his ch- shot. Obviously he wasn't gonna get it right away with uh with Jalen Hurts and Tua. Then uh, in twenty eighteen he was the third stringer behind Tua and Hurts, of course. Of course Hurts uh he you know becomes a legend forever by beating Georgia transfers away to Oklahoma and then Mac Jones gets promoted to second string essentially Tua is still the starter and then everyone remembers uh he got injured the first injury was against Tennessee last year was he got injured in the first quarter so Mac Jones had to come in and he was fine he wasn't a world beater but we didn't expect him to play so we can kind of forgive that and the next week Tua was out Mac Jones came in he threw for over 230 yards and I think a few touchdowns. I think maybe two, maybe three uh, to beat Arkansas at a game I actually went to. Um, and that was when we realized, okay, so he's not bad. He can, he can do what what we need him to do. You know, he's not too up, but he's he's a solid enough player. Of course, later down the line, Tua gets injured and he's knocked out for the season so we're just thinking they're thinking oh my god what are we gonna do we got we gotta win out to make the playoffs we gotta go into the go go to the cow college on the other side of the state and we gotta beat auburn what's mac jones gonna be able to do and then against western carolina in the tune-up game and again another game i was actually at he passed for 275 yards and three touchdowns and again we're all thinking at this point no, not bad. You know, it's just Western Carolina. We don't want to get our hopes up too high. But this guy can go in there and beat Auburn if the defense steps up. Of course, the defense didn't step up, and Mac didn't help himself by throwing two pick sixes. Uh, it's probably the most infamous moment of his career, something I had to deal with the entire offseason, and I was hyping up Mac. And which you take away those two pick sixes, and you look at the rest of the game. He throws for 330 yards and four touchdowns. Mikey, let me start you right there, buddy. All right. We have a good friend. His name is Dom Gonzo. Those two pick sixes did not happen for future reference. Yeah. We just do all, we just do when we, you know, do all the stats and we got our calculator and we break down the numbers. We do not include those. You know, you just kind of put like an asterisk does not include two pick sixes. Yeah, exactly right. They never happened. (laughs) Never happened. So, so basically, that, that, that we lost and that ended up taking us out of the playoffs. And he goes in the Citrus Bowl against Michigan, and he looks good, but he's not, and he doesn't look like a, a future NFL first round pick. 
I mean, it certainly helped having Jerry Judy get 200 yards through the air, but he didn't look like a first-round pick there. So, obviously, um, Bryce Young comes to Alabama, the the number one high school quarterback in the nation. Everyone's talking about, like, oh, my God, this kid Bryce Young, he's going to be great, and I I do think he's going to be great. Because he's going to start over Mac Jones. And I was thinking, well, Mac Jones gave us something. You know, he gave us something that's worth taking a look at. He was good. And then Mac Jones was named the starter, and the rest is pretty much history. Uh, 4,500 yards, 41 touchdowns, only four interceptions. Um, and, and he's just – he's was waiting for this moment, and it obviously paid off. The guy led the nation in passing. He had the most passing yards in the Alabama player Ever. This was three, almost four years in the making. The most pro- prolific single season um, passing in Alabama history, which is pretty impressive, yeah. if you ask yeah. me. Yeah. If he played the full 15 games, he would have in a non-COVID season, assuming, of course, they'd make the SC championship and win the national championship. Then we're talking about, we're debating who's better. Is it Jones or is it Burrow? Because Mac point. Jones... His raw numbers aren't aren't as good as Burrow's, but you got to remember, Burrow played more games. He got more chance. And Mac Jones, his his rate numbers, like completion percentage, they beat Burrow. His yards per attempt beat Burrow. His passer rating beat Burrow. It's great point. Yeah, I really love that to, point. I really do. That's not to disparage Joe Burrow. Obviously, he had an incredible season, but. It, it, this is just something that not a lot of people notice. And, of course, you could say it's due to COVID, but in LB, you were talking about this earlier. It's due to one of my favorite excuses, and that is the, the weapons excuse. <laughs> people always say that, oh, my God, Mac Jones, yeah, okay, he puts up big numbers, but he's doing it by throwing to Devontae Smith and handing it to Najee Harris and throwing it to Jalen Waddle and John Mechie and all these guys. And... That would be a fair point to make. Obviously, we know what it's like when a quarterback, especially a good quarterback, t- loses his weapons, and we see what, what happens like that with Kyle Trask uh, against Oklahoma uh, a few weeks back. They um, Kyle Trask obviously threw three interceptions in the first quarter um, just because he didn't have – Guys like Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony, they all opted out to go to the NFL. And Kyle Trash really struggled without his weapons there. But Mac Jones, you saw that um, last night in the national championship game. Devontae Smith injures his hand and he has to yep. leave the game. And Jalen Waddle, as soon as, as soon as Smith as soon as Smith left that game, this kid was throwing some darts, slants, all these different. He was making these great throws, and I know you'll touch on it more. But as soon as Smith left that game, I was very interested to see what happens because let's remember Waddle was on one leg, and as you, I'll let you say your piece on Waddle later. But um, Matt continued to make great throws, great decisions, finding people. He was throwing into tight windows. I do not understand where this slander form comes from. And I, I know you're absolutely right. I'm not a Tua guy. I'm also not totally out on Tua yet. And I've never been a Tua guy, but let's all relax as a rookie. We've, I've seen plenty of, of awesome rookie quarterback, you know, you know, go on to be amazing later on. But 
Tua basically walked so that Mac could run. And Mac and Saban, and Saban really, um, Saban came around and said, you know what? I love running the football. I've loved having four workhorses in my backfield and running for 2,000, you know, however so many yards that they can get. But they've turned into a passing football program. And I think their quarterback, his smarts cannot be taken away from him. The Patriots offense is often considered complicated. I can't imagine that the Alabama passing offense is something easy. No, I, I don't think it's very, of course, uh, I, I would, I have to mention that Mac Jones does have the benefit of some absolutely beautiful play design from Steve Sarkeesian, especially last night. Uh, his first touchdown to Devontae Smith was a beautiful play. They motioned Smith back into the backfield. They motioned him back out. Ohio State just lost him. And Mac obviously hit the wide open man. And Smith walks into the end zone untouched for his first touchdown of the night. So he has benefited from beautiful play design. But LB, you're right. Alabama has completely evolved. Because I remember even five years ago, uh, that was Derrick Henry's big year. He rushed for 2,200 yards. And he was the workhorse on the team. And, of course, he also has a lot of uh, NFL talent behind him, like Kenyon Drake. He's with the Cardinals, obviously. Damian Harris, that was his freshman season, now with the Patriots. Bo Scarborough uh, spent some time with the Lions. Now he's with the Seahawks. But I bring because I bring that up because I, I was, I, you know, I was 14 years old when that season happened. I'm watching Jay Coker and he's th- passing 3,100 yards, 21 touchdowns, eight interceptions, and I'm thinking this is the greatest season any Alabama quarterback will <laughs> ever have. Yep. Nothing will ever beat this. Uh, and you know, of course, Nick Saban said it. Um, uh, during one of his press conferences for the Rose Bowl, said, you have to adapt or die. The dinosaurs yep. did, and that's why they're dead now, or something like that. And well, obviously, yeah. Yeah. Like Nick Saban, he knows football is becoming a much more offensive game, and not just in college, in the NFL, too. That's why, like, that's why Tom Brady at 43 puts up better passing numbers than he did at 33. Yep. It's it's much more beneficial to the offense. And the same is true in college, which is why five years ago, Alabama won the national championship with Derrick Henry running the ball 400 times. And this year, Alabama wins the national championship with Mac Jones passing the ball 400 times. I always love to use opportunities like this to admit when I was wrong. Okay. I remember I actually had a minor debate with Bryson Believe it or not, we don't always agree on everything, but it feels like I usually end up coming around, coming around to the things he says where um, he's, he felt that the Eagles running the football or whatever it may be had something to do with that. Did the Patriots run the football enough or did they not run the football enough? The Eagles ran the football and it turned into like a mini debate, right? And you can remember that game. The Eagles did actually kind of run the ball well, but it really wasn't. That's not why they beat the Patriots, right? Derrick Henry, another Alabama guy, he, them running the football all over the Patriots in 2019. And that was the moment I realized Bryson's right, man. You know, the Patriots didn't lose to the Titans because they let Derrick Henry run the football on them. All right. Um, they lost because their offense sucked. The Patriots offense sucked. <clears throat> so, you wind up coming back around to this whole thing, you know, running the football. Is it important? Yeah, it's important. It's a cool thing. But if you can't pass the football, man, you're just going to absolutely suck, which is kind of what we saw this year. The Patriots ran the ball really well, but they couldn't throw the football. 
And it's an interesting thing where running the ball, I don't care if you let teams run the football on you. Um, it always brings me back to this great moment in Patriots history. I want to say it was 2013 or 20. Yeah, 2013, where they had this big lead. The Broncos did. But uh, no Sean Moreno ended up running for like 230 yards. I know, you know, no Sean. He went to Georgia and I'm sure you're very familiar with no Sean Marino. First round pick of the Broncos. First round and pick. And he had that one huge game for the Dolphins at the end of his career and no one ever heard of him again. Yep, he actually had a pretty pretty solid NFL career, all things considered. Yeah. And he tunes you up for like 230 rushing yards. After the game, the Patriots had won. Akib Tlaib says, hey, man, we just went, we just gave the look that we knew would, you know, get Peyton to hand the football off. We want him to hand the football off, and that gives us our best chance to win. Let Sean run for 240 yards. And I guess that's where I come from here with Nick Saban. He has kind of come to realize or, or just accept that, we can pass the football all over everybody. We're going to score a ton of points. We're going to sprinkle in our running game more than sprinkle in, actually, more than sprinkle in because this kid, Najee Harris, is another beast. Um, we're going to use the running game. We're going to love our running game, but we're also going to pass the football all over you. And that's, I guess, why I hope. Wouldn't Mac Jones be like this perfect fit where he's going to run, he's going to be your, your quarterback and you're going to run the football well? Yeah, I, I think he is. Uh, um... Oh, I, I mean, as much as I would love to see Mac and Damian Harris again, that would be awesome. But the, the Patriots do have, I think, their, their franchise running back in Damian Harris. He is going to be their guy for the, some time. But unless you're running like a triple option style offense like they do at uh, Navy and you know, all the service academies, even teams like Nebraska back in the 90s, your quarterback needs to be able to throw the ball at least have easily because everyone, everyone talks about these memes like, oh, Lamar Jackson's a running back. Well, Lamar Jackson can throw it well enough. He can throw it well enough. He's not going to be like, you know, Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to throw for 400 yards in a game. But even someone like Lamar Jackson, whose main threat is the threat of the run, he throws it fine enough to where you still have to respect the pass game. And that was, I think, a big problem for the Patriots this year. Cam Newton, aside from his once-a-month randomly good game, he did not have that threat of passing the ball. If you contained Cam Newton um, in the pocket running the ball, you pretty much beat the Patriots because they didn't have that threat. Unless it came, like I said, his random once-a-month good game or it came on a trick play where they had someone like Jacoby Myers throwing the ball to Cam Newton or throwing it to, you know, anyone really, <laughs> because that really hurt them because, because they didn't have that threat anymore. Even last year, Tom Brady, his worst year with the Patriots in a long time, which I understand that's relative because he still had a pretty solid year. You still had that threat. You had to watch out because Tom Brady at any moment could just uncork a deep one and set you up in really good field position real quickly. And Mac Jones is that same way. You have to respect the deep ball when it came to Mac Jones. And I, I have no reason to believe that won't continue in the NFL when he goes pro. This is why I have to ask you, Mikey. This, I'm glad you started bringing up other players. This is my burning question I have here. In order for me to draft a quarterback, top 15, I think that had to be A-plus at at least one thing. You just said Lamar. 
A-plus mobility, Mahomes, A-plus arm. And then you got Breeze in his old age, A-plus brain, and then Brady's a goat because he's A-plus at a few things. Everything. What What is Mac Jones an A-plus at, Mikey? And you just, this is where you sell us because I can talk, me and LB can talk to Belichick tonight. I'd say Mac Jones' accuracy is the A plus thing, and I know that you know like accuracy is like well, you know we got guys like Drew Brees who just throw two yard slants and complete seventy percent of them, but you know just looking at his stats, his accuracy is absurd. Um, his last three games against the three best teams he probably played all season, except for maybe Georgia. You know, you know, I'll throw in Georgia, too. So against Georgia, he completed 75% of his passes. Against Florida, 76%. Against Notre Dame, 83%. Against Ohio State, 80%. And not only is he accurate, in fact, he's so accurate that he has five games this season where he completed 80% of his passes. Only two where he completed fewer than 70. He broke the all-time record for completion percentage in a single season, held by Colt McCoy, previously of Texas, now with the New York Giants. Wow. Indeed. Uh, 77.4%. had a great, had a great uh, college career, so that is impressive. Yeah. I think he was like the most winningest quarterback. For yes, until, until Kellen Moore came around. Yep. Yep. He was the most winningest for a little while. I've got a problem so, with all these Mikey stats here. And OB can talk about it a little bit. Mikey, much as I love you. Completion percentage does not Sucks. equal accuracy. I know, I know, but but let me let me continue. Go so ahead. not only is Mac Jones accurate with the ball, he's also incredibly efficient with it. His yards per attempt is eleven point two. That that led the nation this year. That wow. led the nation, and it was better than what Joe Burrow put up in his Heisman season. Oh, that's what I want to hear. That's Joe Burrow. That's that's my point, Mikey. And I'm not, I, I love Joe Burrow. I've defended I defended him early on. I defended him, you know, at the beginning of his rookie year when a lot of people were on his case. Well, I don't love him. I'm not saying he's the next Peyton Manning, but I think that, you know, he has done nothing to disprove, you know, how good he is. Um what do some of these things mean? And when Mac Jones is beating Joe Burrow, which in a Joe Brady offense was far more of a passing offense. What does that tell you, man? Like, shouldn't that jump out to you, Mac? Joe Burrow went first overall. So why is Mac? Let me put it to you straight. And we know why Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. So let me qualify it a little bit. But why is Mac Jones not going first overall like Joe Burrow? Well, I think I think that Burrow. uh Burrow is a better athlete than Mac Jones. Like, Burrow, he's not a guy you're going to call a quarterback draw for, but if you need him to get out the pocket, you trust him enough doing that. Now, you trust Mac Jones doing that too, but he's not a good, well, not as good of an athlete as Burrow is. Like, there's been, there was plays last season where Burrow would take the snap, stand in the pocket, no one's open. All right, I'm going to roll out over here. Rolls out over there. Sees, oh, wait, there's a guy open by a sliver of an inch. Throw it in there, and he completes a huge pass. Yeah, there's Justin Jefferson. Yeah, exactly. you know, The only person with weapons is Mac Jones in yeah. college football. Yeah. But, like, Mac Jones isn't that kind of athlete. Like, Mac Jones will be like, okay, I'll get it. Get the ball. I'll move around the pocket. But if I run out of time, I'm just going to have to throw it away. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing, just throwing the ball away, obviously, and live to see another down. 
but he he can't quite make the same plays that Joe Burrow makes because he's more limited athletically than guys like Burrow and even let, guys. Let me in ask this you something, draft. Mikey. What? And I'll let and I really want to hear what Bryson has to think on this. Why do we care? I'm thinking of Tom Brady for a minute. Why do we care if the guy can't scroll out and make that throw? What if he just makes that throw from the pocket? Why, like, why do we care? And again, Tom Brady, Bryson. I'm here. Tom Brady's good. I can affirm. I mean, do you hear? Do you hear what I'm saying though? Like, athletically, oh, this guy can't roll out and throw it on, throw it on a rope to this guy. I mean, should we care? I don't think we should because Russell Wilson just took five sacks yesterday. Oh, he's very mobile. He can move. Yeah, he's mobile. So. I, I do think I would think that one thing we should we should recognize is that these defensive linemen who are rushing the quarterback, they're getting better every year. Like uh like tell that to Lawrence Guy and Adam Butler. Buddy. <laughs> I, you know, I will, I will. But like you look at Aaron Donald. There wasn't a guy as good as Aaron Donald is when Tom Brady was throwing fifty touchdowns in two thousand seven. So like if you're if you were just a pure passer quarterback, like like Peyton Manning was uh, with the with the Colts and Broncos, not not really Tom Brady now, because Tom Brady now he can move a little bit. You don't want him doing it, but if you have absolutely nothing else to do, you can have Tom Brady move. But so if your quarterback's just a pure passer, and you're you're you know, your offensive line can't block a guy like Aaron Donald, then you're going to need the quarterback to extend the play, even if just for a little bit. And that is where I think Mac Jones, uh, that's where I think he ends up taking a bit of a hit because he he can't really do that as well as someone like Trevor Lawrence. It's not that for me. I, I watched Mac work the pocket last night, and I saw exactly what I wanted to see. Um, yeah, he works pocket well. He he finds good passing lanes and he completes the football. He the football doesn't hit the turf. So I don't know. I, I yeah. liked what I saw last night. I mean, like I I I think a lot of people really liked what they saw last night because you know, even though I read some some things and these are just mock drafts, so I don't know how true they are. So don't quote me on these. Basically, saying like NFL scouts are higher on Mac Jones than a lot of people in the media are. But I do think it's that good. after last night, I do think after last night where they saw him throw 464 yards, career high, five touchdowns, record-setting performance, I think a lot of a lot of people were watching were thinking, okay, you know, let's see what this guy can do. He can, I hope they were. He's a really yeah. good football player. He's a yeah. really good football player. I think he's smart. I think he played for Nick Saban. Um, and I would not be stunned and I'll let Bryson kind of segue this in. Should the Patriots draft Mac Jones 15th overall? Ooh, we love that. I actually think if you're worried, if you're a Patriots fan about drafting a quarterback too high, you should just actually stop doing that because that's a really stupid thing. Should we draft a quarterback or should we draft the wide receiver that's probably going to suck from Southern Tomato Can State? How about we need Nikhil Harry, buddy. The quarterback is the most important position. 
So if you're worried about a quarterback going top 15, just please stop and just never worry about something that stupid again. And then look back at the Sony and Michelle draft and the Keel Harry draft and just absolutely slap yourself. The Patriots like Mac Jones, and I kind of like him too, but I haven't watched him that much. I know his PFF grade was like 90. He had, an, he had a pretty good run grade, actually, Mikey. Really good passing grade, just below Zach Wilson. He's probably going to get drafted up there. I think we counted like six – seven teams that probably need a quarterback whether or not they draft one how would you how are you ranking where how many quarterbacks are there because lb really likes his quarterback draft how many quarterbacks are there and mikey where do you rank mac among these quarterbacks and can the patriots even get him at 15 can the patriots get him at 15 i would say he's the most realistic option like a few days ago i read a mock draft from espn that had justin fields falling to 15 that's not realistic if justin fields falls past i don't know five or six there's going to be teams trading up to get him um right now i have mac jones as my as my fourth ranked quarterback in this totally season. fair I have. I, I still have Trevor Lawrence number one. Uh, I think he's a lock to go number one overall. He's a lock to go number one overall to Jacksonville. Um, I'm sure Fields is number two, and Mac Jones absolutely outplayed him last night. He did. He he more than doubled Fields' output yep. in in pretty much everything in yards and completions, obviously in touchdowns. Like, and it's but, not like. It's not like Justin Fields is playing with bums up there at Ohio State. So, you know, can we just be honest with ourselves? Ohio State is an incredible program year after year. They are stacked. He is not playing with bums up there at wide receiver. No, no. Ohio State, I would say, except Alabama. With the exception of Alabama, Ohio State is the best wide receiver room in the country. Thank you. But but so, let's say – Jacksonville probably takes Trevor Lawrence. The Jets will take – I think they take Zach Wilson, honestly. I just think that his potential, his ceiling is higher than Fields. Uh, his arm's certainly better. I know he had a great performance against Clemson, but he did have some pretty bad performances against Indiana, even though they won, against Northwestern, even though they won, and against Alabama. So I'm – of course, I've, I have no connections to uh, any NFL front offices. I don't know how they're evaluating it, but if I was a GM or a scout, that would be something I'd definitely take note of. I think, and well, Mike, of course, Zach Wilson is not perfect either. He did kind of have. Bryson, Bryson, what was that? The, they're, the GMs are worried because Zach Wilson isn't even 210 pounds. He's like smaller than yep. Kyler. Have you heard yeah. the other things, Bryson? Um, you know, that he's kind of a punk, rich, rich kid. And look, I love the way he looks. He's like this beautiful, like, angel kid from Mormon kid from BYU. He's got, like this amazing smile. He looks like, you know, he's going to be the next American Idol. But there are these weird things about Zach Wilson. But I'm not going to disagree with Mikey. I do think that teams will draft him high. I think that teams love him. But no, I'm with you, Bryson. I, I, uh, I think there's reasons that if I'm the Patriots, I would prefer Mac Jones over Zach Wilson. I'm not saying that's the correct thing to do. I'm not saying that's what they should do. Sometimes talent outweighs all that other crap, but that other crap does matter, right? 
Yeah, it, it definitely does. And like you said, uh, Zach Wilson, um, I, I don't really want to call them character concerns because when I think character concerns, I think, you know, a guy like Johnny Manziel who goes out and gets drunk in parties every every day of the week instead of, uh, instead of working. Mikey, they're calling uh, him Mormon Manziel. Yeah. Mormon Manziel. Or like, I don't good. think... It's not. It's not good. But at the same time, Zach Wilson's character concerns are—they're a footnote compared to compared to Manziel's character concerns. Fair enough. Fair enough. And so I would I would still say Wilson is more likely than Fields at this point, in my opinion, to go number two overall of the Jets. Wow, that's a stunner. I'll tell you, I wasn't impressed by Fields last night, but. Oh man, Wilson over Fields. I kind of like it, but I don't know. I don't know. Fields did get bozoed last night, but let's be fair. Alabama is Alabama. Yeah. And like, like Roll again, Zach Tide, was baby. What do you think, Bryson? I said roll tide. That's all I said. Roll tide. There's nothing else to say besides Fields getting owned by the Patriot Alabama Patriots. I mean, I love that. It does make perfect sense, doesn't it? It really does. I'm not that high on Fields. I like Mac Jones better. Yeah. I do too. And that's the thing, because, like, there's some, I think. Outrageous. I'm sorry, Mikey. Let me say something outrageous. Bryce, you may disagree. Um, Sammy's going to disagree. Everybody's going to disagree. I brought this up in the chat last night. Mac Jones is my favorite quarterback in the draft. Last year, I said Justin Herbert was in second. Do you know who I had? You better remember, Mikey. Of course. I had Jalen Hurt second. And I would share all the stats. I would look at all these different things. I would read all these articles. Mac Jones is my favorite quarterback in the draft. How wrong am I? Well, because, I mean, I still think Lawrence is so so locked. Why? Because Mac doesn't really have it, like – those things that really jump out. It's more intangible. He's like, you'll get more. It's okay. You'll get more. It's the guy's guy's perfect frame for the, for the position. Is six, six perfect. Bryson yeah. is six, six perfect. Justin Herbert's Not the first as of one. lately, but Herbert broke the mold. He did. Not, he did. But that's one man. I, I, again, I'm not. This is just what I imagine. Like, of course, I've been inundated with Trevor Lawrence ever since he stepped foot on campus at Clemson. Yeah. Um, and then, like, you got Justin Fields, obviously, the rocket arm. Or, uh, sorry, I meant Zach Wilson. Justin Fields, great athlete. And, you know, his arm's still really good, too. And then, even like, you know, I, I moved Mac Jones ahead of this guy. Uh, Trey Lance from North Dakota State. He's. Also, a really good athlete, really smart with the with the ball. He, last season, he had 42 touchdowns, no turnovers. Um, only had one game this year because the FCS moved their uh, moved their schedule, obviously the spring. Uh, to where? We stand to, what was that? To, to, to where? To where? To, to the spring. We stand spring ball. Oh yeah, we do now, huh? We, we do now. Yeah, you were right. Okay, I, I didn't realize. Like, I know. Until, like, last I know. I just, like I, Once, I just knew that you would love it if it ever came to be a thing. And our, if let me use this for a couple minutes before you get back to just owning everybody, and then I'll shut my mouth. Um, you had the you are working spring ball for for where? Why don't you just please give us some insight on all that? Well, 
um, well, I, one of the schools I'm going to be working, I'm going to be covering for uh, all sports is uh, University of West Alabama. Obviously, it's where uh, Malcolm Butler went to college. Uh, that's what most people know for. And um, their Division Two, Division Two also moved their their football season to the spring. So, I I may end up have, getting to do some spring ball. I hope I do. I hope I do. The end. But yeah, like you said, um, I wasn't really sold on it. I was really like, of course, I, I recognize it's just me as a as a fan, just wanting something to watch during football off season. As a player, I probably would wouldn't want to go out there, take two months off, and go back out in the fall. But again, as not, a fan, I love this. Exactly. As a fan, even as a player, I'm telling you, as a player, you'd be thinking, oh, man, I can play again. I'm like, you don't think about injuries. You know what I mean? You kind of just think about it as just you're playing yeah. the game that you love. And, and, and it's um, funny you should bring that up because last night, obviously, with our Alabama, with our New England Crimson Tide taking home the national championship, uh, you saw Landon Dickerson, the starting center. Uh, I believe he's a first-round talent. The Remington Trophy winner went out there begged with Nick Saban. Saban gave him the green light, went out there on a torn ACL just to snap the ball one last uh, time in the national championship. How cool is that? That is a uh, New England Patriots move, and it reminds me, like, of Bryson. Do you remember when, like, certain guys would just get into football games with the Patriots and just it would be the coolest thing ever? And um, the first time we ever even saw Danny Woodhead, which is probably more along the time that you watched the Patriots and – they got him from the Jets. They got him from Rex Ryan. He comes on. He just absolutely owns everybody. Alabama is is honestly awesome about that stuff. It reminds me of the Patriots. Yeah, and like like he said earlier, obviously Saban and Belichick have a lot of similarities. Obviously, Saban was Belichick's defensive coordinator in Cleveland. Saban coached against Belichick twice a year when he was with Miami. And to this day, I thank the Dolphins for deciding to not bring him back so we could come to Alabama. Um, respect the Dolphins for that, even if nothing else. But yeah, like the that's the um, they were planning for uh, Tua all along. Yeah, like like one of my I'm going to use this term lightly. Buddies, um, that's in air quotes, is a Dolphins fan, and he was like, "Yo, are you going to? Are you going to go to Patriots fans if they get Mac? I I I don't like this guy, so I." I I didn't tell him, but yes, yes, I'm, I'm planning to go to both games when, I'm calling it right now, when the Patriots draft Mac Jones. I'm planning to go to as many Patriots games as possible, especially if they're playing the Dolphins, so I can see Mac versus Tua, or the Eagles. Of course, I'll probably so, play for a Super Bowl for that. So basically, um, if the Patriots get Mac Jones, you are back in. As a Patriots, I'm fan. back in. Like I, I, I opted out of this season with Dante Hightower. Of course, I, I do. I do like. I don't. I don't regret opting. Like because I got to follow the NFL Cam. in a new you way. Let's just be honest with everybody. This is an Alabama fan to his absolute core. He is as passionate about Alabama as I am about the Patriots. And Cam Newton being the Patriots quarterback just totally destroyed this person. Yeah, destroyed is is one way to put it. That's a, that's a nice way of saying it. 
Well, like, like you know, this season was definitely unique because I got to see the NFL from a from a writer's point of view. Obviously, I wrote about the entire league uh, for Alabama and the NFL, so that that, that was definitely an interesting way, thing to do. But uh, I'll be I'll be going to games if if Mac Jones starts for the Patriots next year. Now, you even wrote about as you called me. I think you've told me it's called Barners, right? They're yeah, the Barners. You had to write write about them too. What was that like? That well, no, that was like that was just work. Like the the Alabama ones, I was like, all right, I'm gonna go in, I'm gonna read the stats, I'm gonna get in there. Auburn, just like it's just it's just work. I I have no attachment <laughs> to this. Yeah. <laughs> was it? What was it like? Was it awful? It, it wasn't awful, but it, again, like I said before, it's just it's just work at that point. I have no emotional attachment. Also, Auburn took me half the time because they had half the players. <laughs> Has to get that dig in. Yeah. But what do you think, Bryson? If if Bryson is still alive. I'm still here and I'm just thinking about Mac Jones being a Patriot right now. Yeah. And Cam Newton playing tight end. Oh my god. Mac Jones to Cam Newton. That would be a deal with the devil I'd have to make. <laughs> It'd be a deadly connection, I'm not gonna lie to you. The Patriots the Patriots wide receivers were their best quarterbacks this year. Their quarterbacks were their best tight ends, and the list goes on. It's an absolute absurdity, which is why we need stability at the quarterback position, Mikey. Which is why we need your good friend Mac Jones. Yeah, we need you, you also have some other and, good like and I some the, other good friends there, Mikey, at Alabama. I think you probably got a list. If the Patriots don't draft Mac Jones at 15, who would they draft? Honestly, I think they might take Jalen Waddle. Waddle, he's not 100%, although he is back a bit from that injury. I was really high on him, but the, the national injury. championship, so. Yeah, he's a warrior. And, and what a what a ballsy performance by that kid. I mean, he is just limping around the field. His first catch of the night, he makes a big play, um, a crosser, winds up running out of bounds. He's limping the rest of the night. He's limping all over the field, and this kid just kept on wanting in. I respect it. Like he's limping all over it. the field. Like he like he wasn't used as a decoy. A lot of people thought he would, but with with Devonte Smith going down, well. Jalen Waddle got pressed into duty, even though he's not 100%. And even when he wasn't getting the ball, he was still going out there and running routes on an, on an ankle that's clearly still not healthy. So he earned a lot of respect um, from me, more than I already respected him as just an Alabama football player. But he that was just a performance that's you're going to be talking about for the ages. I'll tell you, that that, that is just... Um, I think back to the 2004 Super Bowl 38 Patriots versus Eagles. T.O. comes out there. He has pins in his leg, um, all these different things because of his ankle. And that's that reminded me of Jalen Waddle. Now, obviously, he he didn't, you know, do it at the same level or whatever. But it was a ballsy, ballsy performance. And that's the type of thing that tells you that this kid is going to be an absolute stud at the next level. He cares that much about his teammates. Like, and I, I was saying like, Waddle would probably be a likely option at fifteen because we don't know how far he's going to fall with that injury. I've seen some, I've seen some mock drafts having him go as low as eighteen to Miami. I've seen some mock drafts with him going six to Philadelphia. 
Oh wow. So, we, he's a wild card. He, I think he could very well be in play at 15. Um, Bryce, if you don't do you take a quarterback Waddle at 15, yeah. If you don't take a I'm quarterback, I'm actually just 15, chewing my nails off, man, because I'm so nervous <laughs> about the drafting player. Is this awful for you? I feel, I feel so horrible. PTSD. I'm having PTSD thinking about Nikhil Harry and. If you think if we think Jalen Waddle is good, then there's a good chance the Patriots are like, yeah, but this He's guy bad. who runs a this guy who runs an eight second three cone and they call him Doughboy in practice. This guy's better. We like this uh, guy. So I'm just I'm just biting my nails off in nervousness. But although I trust any- you guys, but I I watch like five college football games a year, so I can't really comment. I just like take no, what other people can. say and make it my own takes. So I don't He's know anything about Jalen Waddle. If he walked in front of me right now, I wouldn't know who he was. Not gonna lie. And he's being yeah. humble. Bryson knows the deal. Mikey, name a player not from Alabama. We're at fifteenth pick overall. You know what? Pick overall. Screw hmm. it. Include Alabama. Fifteenth hmm. overall. You're the New England Patriots. You're the new GM. Nick Casario is gone. That bozo is off doing things in Houston, Texas. That's what he gets for being a total dipshit. You are the new GM. You tell me, who are we taking right now? Right now, of course, number one is still Mac Jones. That, okay. that I want to clarify that. You take a, and, you, and I, that's no bias. That's no bullcrap. No, I think that's the most realistic option. If you, if you want a quarterback, and the Patriots should definitely want a quarterback. I agree with you. Because we mentioned Not- we mentioned this earlier, like Jacksonville is going to take one. Jets are probably going to take one. Atlanta's probably going to take one. Detroit could take one. Carolina could take one. And then oh, obviously you got teams like the Giants, like the, the Chargers. Um, they're, they're not going to take one because they have young guys. Obviously Herbert and Daniel Jones. They might. Two. Teams yeah. seem to be giving up quicker than ever. Yeah. It's but- almost like head coach. They're doing the same thing at quarterback these days. Yeah, but they—I mean—and and teams are wrong for that because it takes time for quarterbacks to adjust from college to the NFL. I uh, agree. Obviously, the example I always use is when people are, are saying like, Peyton "Oh, Manning, well, 1998." Yeah, exactly, exactly. Twenty like, interceptions, twenty-six touchdowns. Because even even when when uh, Josh Rosen, who I didn't think Josh Rosen was going to be good, when the Cardinals and Dolphins gave up Me on neither. Josh Rosen in back to back years, I was thinking, do these people not know Peyton Manning through twenty eight picks in nineteen ninety eight? Like I don't think he's going to be Peyton Manning, but at least give him a fair shot. And that's how you feel about Tua. That, that is exactly how I feel about Tua. Although I think Tua was a bit better than Peyton Manning in nineteen ninety eight. Um, oh, you think didn't throw so, as many huh? picks? I'll give him that. Didn't throw as many yeah. picks. For that era, 28 picks was a lot, but 26 touchdowns is also a lot. Yeah, still, but still, anytime you throw more picks than touchdowns, that's just, that's something that's, that's not good. Says but, you. But I would take <laughs> to a stand. But I, I, <laughs> Has Bryson had a few drinks tonight or something? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't do that, LB. I'm just thinking about Mikey. Is just, he's just talking about his completion percentage and TD INT ratio because he's a Tua and Mac weirdo. Well, so look, he's, let's, he's be, to, let, let's, let's be fair. I, I might be a Tua, and Mac had 41 touchdown passes, four picks. That is good. I'm a Mac right? head. 
I'll, I'm staying in Mac right now, mostly because yeah. people don't like it, and it'll be funny to watch the entire Twitter yeah. sphere like, turn on Mac like they did Stidham. So I want to do it again. Oh, I want this me? all over again. The they way I know. see it. Bryson. Okay, F off, Mikey. Okay. Bryson. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, but, but for real, like Bryson, like that's how I felt about Mac now the past few weeks. Is like rooting for him and wanting him is the same thing as Stidham, and that is just ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Mikey. But I, I want to see. I want to see a young guy in there. I want to draft someone. No bridge quarterbacks. We are. We did the one year bridge quarterback Cam Newton. People. People crushed me for calling Cam Newton a bridge quarterback, but he was even actually worse than that. He was a hell of a bridge tight end, though. I mean, he was really good for that. He was a great tight end. He gave the team COVID. Love that. Mikey was right about this. I guy loved the whole when he couldn't figure out how to. Uh, how no, I identify the mic. I loved when uh, he did, couldn't figure out how to wear a mask. Oh, oh yeah, that too. <laughs> but what? Mikey doesn't believe in masks. Let's be honest, really. You know, actually, he's from Alabama. He lives in Alabama. He's he, uh, as far as I know, he doesn't even believe that any of this is real. That's fine. You I know, mean, I do, I do go licking every doorknob I see, but like aside from that, doorknob. I, I should clarify in case, in case like any future employers are listening. That's a joke. I, I don't actually do that. Oh, they're listening. Oh, you're no. done. Well, okay, you, so. you're canceled, kiddo. Okay, so anyway, what I was saying is, I would if I'm the GM of the Patriots, I would draft Mac Jones and I would draft him at 15. I wouldn't take another player at 15, try and wait for him in the second round or trade up or trade back. I take him at 15, and here's why: you look at the you look at the teams that come up after. Okay, Arizona, they're not taking a quarterback at 16. The Raiders, they're not taking a quarterback at 17. Okay, they're probably not taking a quarterback at 17. Gruden's a weird guy, but he really likes Carr. Miami's not taking a quarterback at 18. But then after that, you have three straight teams that I would not be surprised to take a quarterback. Washington, Chicago, and Indianapolis. Washington, Alex Smith is incredibly old. Maybe they're really sold on Heineke and they just give him the keys to the offense full-time. I'm not sure if that's actually going to happen. They're, they're in play for a quarterback at 19 overall. Chicago, Mitch Trubisky, I believe he's gone after this year. I could be wrong. And Nick Foles is not the guy. They're in play for a quarterback at 20. Indianapolis, Phillip Rivers was good this season, but he's also 39 years old. He could just want to retire, go back to his high school football coaching job in Fairhope, Alabama. I have to mention that it's in Fairhope, Alabama. It's about four hours south of Tuscaloosa. Um, So they could be looking for a quarterback at 21. And then even further down the line, uh, Pittsburgh is sitting at 24 right now. They could be looking at a quarterback because Ben Roethlisberger, I think he's going to retire. He didn't look good against. Uh, I he didn't look good against uh, the Browns the other day in the playoff game. He very well could retire, and the Steelers could say, "All right, we'll take, we'll take Mac Jones at twenty four to have him throw to James Washington and things like that." Or even then, New Orleans. You know, whenever they get eliminated, Breeze is almost certainly gone. They need a, a a quarterback to replace him, and I don't think Taysom Hill's the guy. 
Taysom Hill's a great athlete. He's not a great quarterback. He's he's a solid enough quarterback, but Mac Jones is better because you can just let Taysom Hill be Taysom Hill in that regard. You don't have to limit him to just being a quarterback. So, And then that's not even mentioning a team like the Lions. If they don't take a quarterback in the top ten, they could easily trade back into the first round and steal Mac Jones. So that is why I take Mac Jones at 15, because you're not guaranteed to get him past that. Well, if you if you want it, Mikey, that's exactly what we'll do. We'll tell Belichick we'll draft Mac Jones at 15. We'll stand this man, no matter how big <laughs> yeah. his left and right boobies are. I, I'm not really that's worried just, about Belichick, but I'm not worried about Belichick. But can you uh, can you tell his dog to draft Mac Jones? His dog's on fire, actually. The last yeah. time, the dog needs to draft a little more because. The last time they were in a war room, you had Casario, and they're saying Harry was the pick, but the dog, the dog did well. Drafted in Wayno, Duggar, I mean Mike. the rookie type, yeah, and Mikey. Anthony Mike, and Anthony Mike. Jenks, yeah, him too, I guess. Josh Uche, yeah, the dog had a good draft year. We got to say they really needed it, and the dog had a good draft year. So we got to yeah. tell Nike, Mac, we already slacked like you wanted. We slacked for Mac, and now here we are. Obi, are we taking Mac Jones at 15? I'm taking Mac Jones at 15. Yes. I just I like his mental makeup. I like his decision-making. The fact that he looks kind of shitty without a shirt on, that's a good thing. It reminds me of Eli Manning and rookie uh, Tom Brady. So give me this stupid, dumbass-looking kid who will wind up being incredibly handsome and winning multiple Super Bowls. That's, that's my quarterback. That's the best way I've ever heard anyone describe Mac Jones. (laughs) (laughs) You you won't get any better, Mikey. When the Patriots draft Mac Jones and everyone absolutely weeps. Mikey, thanks for coming on. I'm going to let you say your Twitter name if you so choose to. I I didn't want to say it without you saying it first. I'm going to let you say it. Of course, LB, thanks for coming on the podcast. We're going to do a lot of silly draft stuff, bring – Mikey on here. We're going to continue the Mac Jones hype, and we, we're not going to continue it too much because we don't want another team jumping in front of the Patriots because we all know that we we secretly have ties and we can get Mac Jones drafted, so there might be a team that jumps the Patriots. But Mikey, go ahead and yeah. tell us tell us your at if you want to. Tell us where to find you. Yeah, and uh, just, so- you, you can promote your Mac propaganda. <laughs> Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Mikey DeLulo. That's at M-I-K-E-Y. That's D-I-L-U-L-L-O. Uh, picture, if the picture is a goofball wearing a, wearing a button-down shirt. That's me. Um, right. So you know you're it's in the right answer. place. It's you very can, handsome. You can, yeah. Read all my stuff on the Tuscaloosa News. Uh, obviously, do a lot of football. Also, do a little bit of everything. I did some basketball, baseball, even some gymnastics. That's where you can find me. Oh, yeah, also my Instagram. That's also just Mikey DeLulo, spelled the same way as my Twitter. So that's pretty much everything uh, Everything that I have. LB, what's your at, sir? I am Stan Gronk Nandez. It, of course, comes from the infamous game where uh, Gronk tried to, quote-unquote, murder Trey White. And I always thought it was funny calling him Gronk Nandez after that, like he's a murderer like Aaron. 
you know, mm-hmm. that's that's strong for you. Just a total killer. And uh, yeah, that's me. Stand them. You need to stand Grok Nandez. And people think, Aaron Hernandez, why wow, you're sick. And I just think, hey, I'm not the one who said it. Gronk was the killer that day. Don't blame me. And uh, great job today, Mikey. Such great knowledge, such great insight. Um, Mac is the man. He's probably going to give us 50 Alabama players that the Patriots need to draft. Probably like the homeless one that, you know, he met. That's his friend. They played Flip Cup. The homeless, uh, <laughs> the, the homeless Alabama punter. <laughs> he played for actually Jake has got his brothers on Alabama. I'm just saying, if you want to get rid of Jake Bailey or move him to kicker, he's available. Wait a minute, did the, he he punted last night? Did he not? Yeah, Jake Scott's brother punted, yeah, he punted time. last night. Yeah, yeah, he punted. It's not often you see an Alabama punter uh punting the national championship, it just doesn't happen. Well, sure, I, they play on the national I'm championship every year, but. Be- It'd be a strength upon a strength, LB, because we all know the punt team is the best team for the Patriots. Oh, it's the best for yeah. two years. Maybe the That's Patriots true. should just consider having like two punters on the field at once. <laughs> that might actually be for the best, <laughs> considering their quarterback options. So that we all better just hope that they draft Mac Jones or do something. Oh, now. my God. But thank you. All. Second down and third here. The Patriots <laughs> are at their own 23. They are going to punt the football on second down. Love that. We don't know what's oh, going yes. on. We see the uh, all-pro punter and then this kid, Scott. This is bizarre. We've never seen this before, have we? Bring, bring football back to 1921. I think it's going to be a – you know what, Mikey? You know what? Good job, buddy. Thanks. Thanks. Good job, Mikey. Good job, LB. We'll be we'll be back at some point. We're gonna stand Mac some more. So go ahead, stand Mac. We love Roll it, time. and uh, I'll catch you guys later. Roll Todd, good Patriots. Roll Todd. Welcome to another episode of Title Talk. I'm your boy Bryson. This is Bucks Corner. This is Alonzo. How are you, kind sir? I've been better. What's wrong? What could possibly be wrong? The Bucks just won a playoff game. Tom Brady won a playoff game without Bill Belichick. That's that's all. That's great, but I don't know. I have COVID for the second time. I'm locked in my apartment in in Evanston for the next what is it three days. And it sucks because, well, I guess it could be worse, right? I could actually feel sick. I feel perfect. I feel perfectly fine. And it's driving me insane that I can't do anything. And I am losing my mind. But at least, you know, I've probably watched highlights of that Bucks playoff game. Probably watched the YouTube highlights like 10, 10 to 15 times. And I'm very, very excited. Call God. Ah, they should be doing that more. <laughs> Call Please. God. It was an exciting weekend for me, Alonzo. The Bucks game, I think, was Saturday night, was it not? Uh, yeah, it was Saturday, Saturday night. night Saturday game. night. So you got to watch, watch football all day Saturday. Then the Bucks yeah. won. So I got to watch, watch football all day. Happy Sunday. Tom Brady goes out there, plays by all accounts a top five defense. And if it wasn't for a few drops, he probably has over 400 yards and four touchdowns. 
your thoughts on the greatest player to ever walk on planet Earth's performance on Saturday, Alonzo? I mean, like there are just at this point there are like no words to describe it. He was unbelievable. The throw he made to Mike Evans down the left sideline on the drive to Ooh. basically ice the game, a second and eight. He has it was either Deron Payne or Jonathan Allen. Basically on top of him. By the time he gets the snap, he has to pick the snap up up from the ground because Jensen, I don't know, Jensen basically rolled it to him. And he hits Evans on a throw that it, it was just an objectively better throw than the one he made to LaFell in the 2014 divisional game. Like it was a longer throw. He was actually under pressure. Coverage was about as tight. Safety coming over, and he put it, he just dropped it in the bucket. And he had, he had a couple more like that. One that Evans couldn't bring in that was one-handed. One that Godwin, on a corner route, Godwin was dropping everything. And Brady hit him on a perfect one on play action that Godwin missed. I don't even think he dropped it. He just put his hands in the wrong place. But he was, Brady was unreal, just unreal. And... At this point, like I don't, I don't know what else there is to say. Since the bye week, he's I've been, got a lot he's to been... say, Alonzo. All right, go. I'll say it for you. First of all, Tom Brady's best pass bedtime game in quite some time. When's the last? When's the last post Tom Brady eight o'clock bedtime game that you thought that was this awesome? You got to really think. Honestly, the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs. And he was kind of mid for most of that game, let's be honest. No, he was great. I I think he was great that game. But... One drive. One drive. No, he he had Yeah, one drive. Nah. Anyway, that was a long time ago. Yeah. It was. It was two years ago. So this was Tom Brady's best nighttime game, primetime game in quite some time. And I was actually worried about this. I think I tweeted about it Friday. Made myself all nervous because I was just thinking, oh, shit. Saturday is Tom Brady's – it's past his bedtime, Saturday night. And Tom Brady goes out there, plays absolutely amazing, gets sacked three times, does not have – he doesn't have the stupid Tom Brady pick that he always has against, like, a top-five defense where he's just, like, throwing it up the seam and gets picked. He was just, by all accounts – incredibly amazing the entire night and i like this i like this for a couple reasons alonzo this washington win the football team win so brady brady plays awesome and if it's not for godwin it's like an a plus holy shit this guy almost had 500 yards and four touchdowns yep type of game which doesn't normally happen godwin usually catches all those balls but also the public is like oh man these bucks they're they're gonna lose next week and then the Saints yes. win, and it's, oh, the Bucks. oh, they got to play the Saints. They're going to lose. And if you remember, I just thought of it, the last time the Bucks played the Saints, all I can remember is, well, it's the second time they're playing. Tampa's get they were starting to get it right. AB's it first game. Yes, but it was a night game. Yeah. It was before Tom Brady changed his bedtime and actually slept like a normal person. <laughs> so you've got, you've got the public on the Saints and – the public off of the Bucks after this game. Yeah. 
And we've got the Bucks who won't the, they probably won't get four or five drops from Chris Godwin again. And, and this real this that is the most exciting part to me is that the public wants to fade the Bucks, which it, which I need. I did what we didn't need was the thirty to three yeah. Bucks route. We needed this right here, and I say we because we are a part of this. We are, we are a part of that team. It's, there are Bucks, and you're absolutely right. If Brady, if those two throws were hauled in. By Godwin's and Evan that I mentioned, like those two throws alone, I think get them up to like 430 yards. And there were a few others from Godwin, like you said, it could have easily been close to 500 yards and four touchdowns from Brady. And if that happens, everyone right now would be all over the Bucks. Everyone leaving that game, they were talking about Heineke more than they were talking about Brady. And I'll take it, okay? And Heineke, yeah, he played a great game. Uh, um, better than any, probably any game Cam Newton played this year. That's neither here nor there. And if um, the the narrative coming out of this is it wasn't that strongly, oh my God, Tom Brady. I think really PFF was the only um, media site that was amazed at the performance. That absolutely favors the Bucks. Everyone, that Sunday night game that you mentioned, the entire Sunday night football crew picked the Bucks to win that game. And yes, it yes. was, it was. I, I mean, the Saints, the Bucks had come off that Monday night game against the Giants where they were kind of out of whack, but Godwin was out that game. Brady targeted Jaden Mickens like nine times. AB obviously his first game was the Saints game. And the week before the Giants game, they had shredded the Raiders. And at that point, the Saints had, you know, they, they kind of played like they played all season. They, you know, just kind of doing enough to get by against teams that maybe aren't as good. And the Bucks, meanwhile, they had had these just incredibly high ceiling moments and everyone expected it to be that against the Saints. And it wasn't. And just... Another thing I'll say is the fact that they lost the way they did, 38-3. Like, if they had lost that game 38-35, to you could easily see Todd Bowles saying, like, well, we were, we were pretty close to getting a win there, right, and not changing up his approach. But I would, like, I would think and I would hope that their coaching staff is going to look at that game and say, okay, we need to do some things differently. I have a silly question, and the silly Please. question is: When Tom Brady and the Patriots beat the Jets like forty-five to three, yeah, they lost in the playoffs. Did they had they swept the Jets at that point? Nah, they lost in week two. They lost twenty-eight fourteen. The Randy Moss one-handed catch game, week two. But it's yeah. still like the comparison holds, in my opinion. I think 65% of teams that have swept the teams the first two times in the division win the third game. So we got the no one believes in us Bucks here and already made a Tom Brady Patriots, not Tom Brady Patriots, Tom Brady Buccaneers <laughs> underdog mask. Yeah. Abby. So I'm ready, especially if they win this one. Our good friend B-Mad sent us this graph of 
margin of victory in playoff games and average margin of victory in a regular season sweep. And the higher margin of victory, the way I'm reading this, the higher margin of victory in regular season sweeps on average, those teams lost. Those teams were the ones that lost more. I'm seeing here an average of like 17 and 18, which were the highest averages in this graph. And they were, it's in three cases, the teams that lost three out of, I think, five cases on this graph. So I don't know. There's, there's some precedent. The no one believes in us thing. That's the biggest factor here. Yes, it is. Has to be. Has to be. Yeah. And Brady, did you see that Instagram video Brady put out? Uh, which one? He put one out on Sunday morning, his, his classic day after a win where he, you know, he goes, hey, great win last night. Ready for the you know, ready for the next game. And he says in that video, "Who do you guys want us to play?" I think I know who I want to play. And I think a lot of people assumed he was thinking the Rams, but I, I don't think that. Like it's Tom Brady. I think he want he wanted another crack at the Saints in Breeze. That's my opinion. I think you're right. After speaking with him at length su- yeah. Sunday morning after this victory W on Instagram, <laughs> I spoke with him at length, and he did indeed say that he wanted to take on the cowardly midget dumb. The cowardly midget dumb. Yeah. yeah. The coward and his midget dumb. The cowardly midget. Dumb. <laughs> yeah. I so, just... what's up, Alonzo? Maybe. Maybe Drew Brees' little injury will help the stupid Bucks a lot because they are the stupid Bucks, and that's why they were frustrating for the entire year. But maybe the stupid Bucks and stupid Todd Bowles can figure out that you just need to press up on Drew Brees, and now that he's hurt, we can get the slant merchant Michael Thomas out of there. <laughs> press up. The Bucks are really susceptible to those deep passes, like we saw Heineke just going off on, and Drew yeah. Brees really he really doesn't do that. And the Bucks are kind of good other than that. So I, I just need the stupid Bucks to be, for once, maybe they will trip and fall into the smart Bucks because Drew Brees is hurt. Yeah. The other thing, everyone remembers, obviously, the 38-3 in week nine. But in week one, the Bucks actually did get up on their receivers and press them a lot more. And Brees threw for 160 yards. 46 of them came on, on a blown coverage to Jared Cook in pretty much garbage time. Like, the Bucks, they had some success in week one, and that was with a brand-new team. Gronk looked 39 years old in that game. Brady wasn't really in sync with the receivers. Evans hadn't practiced all week because of his hamstring. Brown wasn't on the team. And they hung in for a lot of that game. I, I, I feel all right. I feel all right. And I feel better because no one else seems to feel all right. Yeah, the Bucks are a totally different team. So are the Saints. Bucks are a completely different team. As soon as I started, they started that second half against the Chiefs, they started to get things going a little bit. 
Yeah. And they and they might have just ran into a sneaky hot decent quarterback who's better than the Patriots two quarterbacks, three quarterbacks <laughs> and was once on the roster. So that's yeah, sad. That's very sad. How yeah, about there... Chase Young Alonzo? Chase Young Did you see the video of him after the game with Brady? Oh, I I was just wondering if he played. Oh. Well, I didn't. Sure if he played, I, Gronk, Gronk fathered him for most of the game. Gronk and Donovan Smith, which was fantastic to watch. Um, and after the game, he asked Brady for his jersey. So that's how that went. I think when he said he wanted the goat, he wanted Brady. He wanted Brady. Just meant he wanted Brady's jersey. That's Brady, true. of course, of course, Brady said that he was going to get it to him, right? That's true. That's true. Yeah. Just, just sitting here, Alonzo, I actually, I actually can feel how nervous Drew Brees is going to be walking out there. It's, a, it's probably the last biggest game he will ever play against Tom Brady and the Bucks. AB over there on the yeah. sideline with Mike Evans and Gronk and Godwin. Godwin. And Bray. Brate, Breeze, by the way, just most notably known for peeing his pants in huge games all over the place throughout his entire career. I'm loving this spot for the Bucks. I The one thing that worries me is just the, the 2015 Peyton Manning factor. That's it. That's the only one. Brady's had the chance to retire Ray Lewis and Peyton Manning. And he couldn't retire either one. Can you like, just retire Breeze? Please, please. That would be awesome. That would be great. Yeah, it's it could be it could be one of those Drew Brees' last ride Saints year for the Saints. Mm-hmm. But the Drew Brees peeing his pants all over the place. Or year. <laughs> the better one would everyone comes into this and they want the the Breeze you know farewell tour Cinderella go out on top thing. And Brady walks in there, and he throws for 500 yards, five touchdowns, and the Bucks just fucking roll the Saints. That's the best case. And then everyone goes into Championship Sunday like, oh, my God. Is Tom Brady going to win another Super Bowl? Like, really? Oh, my gosh. That would just, it's- <laughs> oh, I need this. I need this so much. I can't. I can't explain how much I need this. The good news is, is that one of the Bucks players, I'm pretty sure it might have been Godwin, but I'm thinking of someone else. Just was saying how nervous they were for the first playoff game, and I think it might have been Brate. How nervous they were, and yeah. it was good to get that playoff win and feel that relief, and they can play free now, which I love to hear. <sighs> oh, Bryson, oh God, Bryson, oh God. Bryson, Call Bryson, God. Bryson. Oh. Oh. I've been saying it every morning when I wake up. It's the first thing I think about. <laughs> Call God. We d- we desperately need the AB to get to pull back to 2017. To absolutely, did am I like wrong in thinking that AB and Michael Thomas once like had a like a big a big game where both of them just went off and they were talking. I, I'm shit pretty to sure. Each other? I don't know if they were talking shit to each other. They they traded jerseys after the Steelers Saints game in 2018. Basically, AB's last game with the Steelers, actually, where he had like 180 yards and two touchdowns, 
and Juju fumbled away a playoff berth. Oh yeah, that's that's you know that that's was a game. That's a low key part about this. AB just saw the Steelers get beat, and he wants to rub it in on Juju and yeah. own Michael Thomas, and we get call God AB eighty four back there. Eighty one, eighty one yards. Call God. I would like nothing more. Nothing. I also I, I want a Gronk touchdown. Like I don't want to get greedy here. <laughs> I want one Gronk touchdown in this playoffs. They're tied. I think Brady and Gronk are tied with it's either Montana and Rice or Young and Rice for most playoff touchdowns by a QB pass catcher duo. If they could get number one on that list, oh, Ooh, and great. and then Brady would double Montana's playoff wins. Brady would double everyone's playoff. <laughs> It's unreal. It's unreal. <laughs> Every playoff win without Belichick that Brady has is like the equivalent to two playoff wins. <laughs> Seriously. Maybe even they may, they may even count as championship games. I might actually just count Belichick Belichick has won one playoff game without Brady, right? In his career. I don't think Is it one or two? He won one know. with the Browns, I'm pretty sure. Okay, yeah. That I think that's it. So, yeah, that's that's it. Every every single every single one of these feels like an AFC Championship game to me. It's because of how excited I, I was. For Tom. Ser- I'm I'm thinking like I had a friend text me the other day. He's like, "All right, this is playoff football when it's not the Patriots. The playoffs start before the AFC Championship game." And yeah, yeah, that's what it feels like right now. Like this feels this feels like before the the Chiefs AFC Championship game I mentioned earlier. This feels just feels like a giant game, and it's the divisional round. And God, if he pulls this off, if he pulls just this this run off, what it could be. You look at the opponents. It's I want nothing more, Bryce, and I want nothing more in my life. I think Brady's like fourteen and two in the division on his entire career. It's either thirteen and two or fourteen and two. It wouldn't be hard. It wouldn't be hard to do the math on that if he and he didn't lose in two thousand one, didn't make it in two, didn't lose in three, four. They lose in the divisional round in two thousand five. I think they did. Denver. I think it's thirteen wins. One in oh six, oh seven. Lost in the wild card round in oh nine. Lost in the divisional in 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Yeah, he's lost twice in the divisional round. So he's 13 in and his two. career. Yeah, something like that. 13 to 14 and 2. I think Drew Brees is like, Drew Brees is 3 and 3, but I think he might be 3 and 2 as a starter. I'm not sure. So Brady almost has double the playoff wins as Drew Brees just in the divisional round. If Brady, has, if has, Brady wins this, if they win this game, if the Bucks win this game, Brady will, no matter what happens, retire with more playoff wins against the NFC than Breeze. There's a sneaky factor here, also, Alonzo. Give it to me. There, I know we ha- we haven't been thinking of it because it's COVID ball, but it's also just less hard to win in New Orleans because there's just no crowd. There's no stupid whistle guy. Yep. There's, there's no really loud crowd. There's no Joe Burrow in the crowd. <laughs> this the New Orleans won't be in or like erupting after three and outs. It'll be just yeah. a nice, quiet, almost neutral game. 
where the Bucks have already played twice this year. And who else to win their third game and avoid the sweep than Tom And Brady. by the way, it's a yeah, yeah, and it's it's a dome for dome. Brady Dome. Evans, Godwin, Brown, Bray, Gronk. It's been carrying Breeze for ah. twenty years now. And Brady, Brady gets to go to in. Oh. If, Bra- if Brady goes into the dome and beats out Dome Boy, holy cow. I might get suspended on Twitter. <laughs> oh. If, if, he, oh. if he retires the Dome Boy in the <laughs> dome, if he retires Dome Boy in a dome, holy. Oh, my. And then he hits Rodgers potentially in the NFC Championship? We root like oh. hell for the Rams. We root like hell for the Rams. <laughs> you don't think they could beat the Packers? I'd just rather play the Rams. Oh, yeah. Especially because Goff has like a, like a broken, a broken thumb. And the backup quarterbacks is, is what it is. It's kind yeah. of the same. Yeah. So the, so the Rams and the Packers play Sunday? No, Saturday. They play Saturday, yeah. They play Saturday. So, the Rams win Saturday. Do we have any extra motivation for the Bucks to just wipe the floor with Dome Boy and his Dome mates? I don't. I don't think they need think any the extra motivation. Yes. I don't think they need the any. They yes. don't need any. They don't need I any. Think it's they yes. don't need any. It's yes. I think it's yes. The answer nah. is yes. Extra motivation for beating Dome Boy after Rodgers falls to Jared Goff's thumb. It would be oh, Bryson. I can't. What's I the can't. line in this game? Saints minus three. Minus three. Whew. Road dogs. Last time he was a road dog in a playoff game. You remember? I don't. Brady. Chiefs. Oh, that's right. It was the Chiefs. Yeah. It was. Imagine, Alonzo. It's Brady in the dumb overtime drive. Oh. When Stop. Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. Stop. Stop. Brady Stop. hits Gronk. The field goal is good. They walk off oh. the field in New Orleans. I, it, let's, let's say... Breeze retired Favre, essentially, right? In the dome. Yeah. yeah. And went on to win a Super Bowl. Brady retires Breeze in the dome. Goes on to win the Super Bowl. Maybe. Maybe. I'm only thinking thoughts of Brady winning. I'm not thinking anything. Any thoughts of if they lose. Although, if they do lose, they were probably supposed to. But in yeah. my head, <laughs> in my little world of Tom Brady owning the dome midget, He's supposed to win. He will. And then if Brady wins this game, I'm, he, is, he is going up on my list of top quarterbacks at all, all time. Passing Terry Bradshaw at number one, <laughs> and Brady will be the number one TB of all time. <laughs> he will be the number one TB 12. Uh, this, every game is a Super Bowl. Every game is an AFC championship. Just, rem- just remember that. Every one of these without Belichick is an AFC championship game. Except the Super Bowl. Except the Super Bowl. Then it's two. Then it counts as two. Two wins. Bryson, I can't. 
I can't, I can't, I can't with this excitement, this emotion. I, I, I think I might have to leave the house. <laughs> and I might have you, to. You got anything else to say, Alonzo, about our walks? Our walks? Not really. Fernet was great Saturday. I'll say that. Mike have, Evans looking healthy. Mike Evans looked good. Fournette, if Fournette plays the way he played for the rest of those playoffs, for the rest of these playoffs, the way he played Saturday, I mean, you can't ask for anything more out of their running backs because he caught every pass that was thrown to him, and that is all that matters to me. And he didn't turn the ball over. Vaughn, like, cut him. Sucks. Cut him. Sucks. Cut him. Pathetic. Sucks. Is cowardly. Yes, sir. All right, Alonzo. I'm predicting the 35-17 Bucks route. 35-17. 35-17. What do you got? I got... I got 38-24 Bucks. Ooh. Brady silences the crowd. 38-24. Brady throws four touchdowns. Oh my there's, gosh. There's a picture of Brady fist pumping in the middle of his let's fucking go after a touchdown to seal the game on the ESPN homepage that says Brady Bucks beat the Saints headed to Lambeau for the NFC Championship game. And oh my god, I I can't, bro. I am so excited for this. Breeze is actually going to be lacking motivation because he wants to further go march with his people at the Capitol. <laughs> <laughs> Breeze wants to leave. Yeah. He's with football. His president, his president is leaving. Oh, Breeze is yeah. going to be at low motivation, let me tell you. <laughs> All right, Alonzo, it's good to talk to you. Our Bucks. Hope everyone has a good time. And the Bucks yes, are about 50 points this weekend because our Bucks. Yes, sir. Love All you, right, Breeze. We'll talk to you later, buddy. Yes, sir. Bye.